Hey there, listener. Fancy seeing you here. Look, sometimes due to the things we discuss on the pod, it might contain potentially triggering content. But the good news is you can always review the episode description for a full list of the warnings applicable to this episode. Oh, and just so you know, this episode is rated R for really filthy. It includes adult themes and explicit content. So if you're an adult, buckle up, gird your loins, and prepare to flood the basement because we are going down with these ships. Welcome back to Care of Magical Shippers. It's a Harry Potter ship culture podcast, and I am Megs. And I am Nathan. <laughs> and I'm... I feel like we say this every single time for the past, like, five episodes. We haven't seen each other in a really long time, so we're probably going to be real weird. <laughs> yeah. Like over the holidays, we had to keep pushing things out and then just like being sick and tired and like it's just it's just we're finally like, okay, we're still kind of sick and tired, but we're going to do this anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I so I got COVID and I'm still coffee. So if you hear Mm -hmm. like phlegm based interruptions during this episode, that's why. Um, and then, Megs, you've been doing the work of about five people all yeah. rolled into one. Yeah. So uh, Megs's, Megs's head <laughs> is basically mostly sponge at this point. Yeah, with nothing <laughs> absorbed. It's it's a dry sponge. Like, <laughs> there's nothing tasty. In the it's just... <laughs> that is I it. Wish. Oh gosh. Yeah, it's been it's been really bad. But I'm sure like hey, hopefully it's supposed to be temporary. It's supposed to be temporary. We'll see how that goes. And uh yeah, but now I'm going to hopefully make myself feel better. We're going to talk about Harry Potter ships and yeah, let's that's do that. just <laughs> and hang out with my best friend, so that'll be super fun. <laughs> that's a so, good time. That yeah, sounds like harmless yeah. fun. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm all so for welcome. That. <laughs> so welcome to us trying to make ourselves feel better and have a good time and you're just here for the ride i guess you could say (laughs) like we're just like we feel like crap and we're gonna try and not feel like crap and you're just gonna listen to us doing whatever we can (laughs) yeah welcome to us trying our best to be normal and human yeah and oh you know what it is (laughs) this is care of the magical shippers like this is like self-care of the magical shippers (laughs) (laughs) we're we're still episode one of self-care we're still sort of in dry dock but i'm going through just going through the motions of like being on the water we haven't been out in a while and Mm -hmm. the boat's sort of like it is sailing but we're in shallow waters yeah 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 oh man okay so this week is going to be we had mentioned it i don't know i don't know if we actually mentioned it or if i cut it out or we put in a 
If you haven't realized yet, we, at the end of the episode, we now have a little, like, blurb that we made since we cannot decide whether to stick to what the heck we're planning to do next time. So instead, we're just going to tell you after the episode's over for our own sanity as well as I think it's, we think it's kind of funny. Like, it just so make sure that you're wait for that uh, if you don't know that that's a thing we do now. Yeah, so just stick around <laughs> to the end of the episode to actually find out what we're doing next time because we don't know. I no. mean, I'm going to quote to you directly from the, I think it's Deathly Hallows Part 1, where uh, Harry says, uh, when have any of our plans ever actually worked? We plan, yeah. we get there, all hell breaks loose. That's <laughs> basically... Our yeah. ethos for this pod now is that we we have a rough idea, we work towards that goal, and then invariably what happens is, as we approach it, we go, yeah, I don't want to do that, let's do something yeah. else instead. Yeah, um, just not not feeling it, which is like, that's fine, that's reasonable, we're not, we're not going to always feel it. And there's too many ships out there, we know, we, there's, there's so many, there's just so many ships so so now this time we're going to be doing it's actually kind of a combo ship uh we had discussed doing before and then we got distracted and did obviously a million different other things like we do we're going to be talking about frangelina so fred weasley slash angelina and then that transition to george slash angelina so we have fred slash angelina and george slash angelina and we're going to talk about both of them because <laughs> there's a lot of ways to look at how you know whatever how these things happened like i know 50 I like... ways for frangelina <laughs> it's fun because i have my thoughts on like how i feel about that and then it's been fun other people talking about their perspectives or like there's just it's really a complex thing there's a lot of gray areas with this thing so it'll be fun to kind of dive into a bunch of different stuff and just see how we'll see what happens we'll just see what happens <laughs> it feels it feels meaty it feels multifaceted it's layered i it's like a big shepherd's pie can't wait to get stuck in <laughs> so okay so I know how I feel. Do you have feelings about like these two pairings? Like, well, the of fact course that she... I have feelings. <laughs> I, of course I do. It's me. I'm, I'm, just I'm, thinking, have... I'm just thinking about the Jenny episode where like going in like, I know nothing. I'm just going to sit here and listen to you. Oh yeah, well that's, just... that's different because that's next gen. And yeah. unless we're talking Scorbus, I really know nothing. Bugger all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but these are these are characters that I know and have a lot of time for, and I do have feelings. Now, a lot of my main feelings about why this gets complicated are to do with Fred and whether or not you um, are one of those people that adheres to the canon school of thought that where it's like, oh yeah, Fred dies, or whether you're one of those people mm. that is like doesn't want Fred to die, and so he never does. Right, that's true. Um, yeah. And so yeah. a lot of my feelings about the different permutations to do with this come from whether or not Fred dies, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, then, of course, I have feelings about um, Fred and George being Tret-like, essentially 
extensions of one entity because right. they're the comic relief and they are the twins in inverted right they're commas. the twins they're always together they're playing off of each other like the thought of one without the other is really difficult to comprehend and i feel like that's what hit home so hard for probably 99.9 percent of people who read the books like off of canon when Fred was taken from us it was like all like throw a table like of all the people that you had to take away was that was just so I I'm definitely when it comes to fan fiction like I've accepted that that is canon obviously but as far Mm -hmm. as fan fiction goes anytime that we can make it so that Fred is not dead is choice like that's that's just the ideal situation but um but yeah for me The way that I thought before talking to like a bunch of other people and getting some other points of view, I always thought it was weird. Like I was I was seeing it from the perspective of, oh, my gosh, does Angelina not know the difference between these two? Like, does does Mm -hmm. she see them as, as we said, like that one entity? Um, So she goes to the ball like we don't have any we don't have any canon evidence that they dated though like like you would think that it's like okay she went to the ball with fred however she could have gone to the ball with fred as a friend so it's just like oh you need a date so i mean you look at like harry and you know poverty or whatever they weren't dating like it was just kind of like you invited someone to go with you not everyone not all your dates are like your girlfriend you know what i mean and so if you're going from the aspect of like okay they were dating then potentially how long were they dating through school and how did I, I mean even the thought of like the twins dating like that would mean potentially them spending time apart which is just weird to think about too like okay so then Fred once in a while will go off and have his dates with Angelina and then George is just sitting around twiddling his thumbs like now what the hell do I do with my time so it's just maybe uh, George is dating somebody as well yeah um, yeah who maybe knows? they go on double dates who knows oh my gosh yeah no that's very that's true like it's like maybe he's dating katie or what like it's just they have fun Mm. talking quidditch or something like that but um but if they were just friends like who knows maybe like what if she went with both of them like they're just like hey we're just gonna go with our friend angelina and we're all gonna just dance and have a good time and it was just like super casual um because of course if you're looking at the aspect of like okay it's weird because say she fell like say she had a strong romantic connection with fred and could have been an instance like Cho and Cedric where they had been together and then Fred died and she lost her partner. You know what I mean? So then mm-hmm. one instance would be then, okay, is she going to like plan B by going to George? But another aspect is like he lost Fred too. You know what I mean? So people talk about how if that was someone that she cared about and lost, obviously she's still going to care about George because potentially he's her boyfriend's brother you know brother and closest friend and she's gonna know him really well and I could see them you know coming together it's another instance of kind of like when we talked about in the Lenny episode of how Luna was able to understand Ginny's pain of losing Fred because she had lost her mother or whatever like it would be the same instance of like George would want to be there for her you know like he wouldn't abandon her because he would know either a how special she was to her his you know 
his brother and that could over time and healing could end up growing into something like it just it makes me think of of course it's different because it ends up blowing up blowing up in the face i don't know if you ever saw the movie pearl harbor Mm, i feel like it's one of those ones i've seen but i only remember bits Yeah. yeah so ultimately what happens is the like uh, one of the either like pilots or things like that there's two best friends and they're in the army or whatever i totally know military stuff so (laughs) i'm gonna whatever they are army navy people they're they're in the military that's all i know and the one has a like fiance like fiance they've been together whatever a long time he supposedly dies like no like he goes missing and they assume that he died i mean it's been like months you know like a long 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 time of him being gone so of course his best friend and his fiance came and grew together and ultimately fell in love because of coming out of that loss and pain and being there for each other and then surprise (laughs) he's actually alive so then he comes back and she's in love with his best friend and now it's all confusing because she's like well i kind of like accepted your death and now (laughs) now you're here (laughs) oh so now i'm picturing like what it like fred coming back surprise i'm not dead and her's like (laughs) she's like making out with george on the couch or something (laughs) Oh no! <laughs> so, but oh. that's what I—that's what I think of. Is like you know, it's not you couldn't see it as a betrayal. I see it as something as like a healthy. It's you're comforting one another. It's a healthy progression of moving forward. And I could see it as a way of them holding on to and loving and cherishing someone that they lost together. Like he was just gonna be there with them in their relationship, even though he's not physically there. And then they they name their son Fred. Like obviously, like whether it could be more for George, but I feel like Angelina is going to regardless of them dating and being friends like they have been on the quidditch team for together for potentially you know years several years you spend a lot of time together at practices um they're in the same i think they're in the same year i don't know i don't know for a fact but you you're gonna be really good friends with your teammates like it's just of course it's it's not like it was just a random other gryffindor person that is just like oh that was I don't even know. Like, I think, like, Harry and Parvati, it's di- like, you're like, they their their circles don't cross. Like, he invited her because they're like, who do I, who do I ask to the yeah, ball? Yeah, that was very Who's much left? the bottom of the barrel You situation. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. And poor Parvati and Padma, like, they're beautiful. I know that they're beautiful. Like, what are they doing without, you know, dates? Like, I'm just. I know. So, I know. Well, that's just... a whole other kettle of fish <laughs> that know. we'll get into in another episode. In another episode. But it's, um. So instances, I just, I I thought it was weird. Initially, I thought it was super weird that she would be like, oh, okay, I'm into Fred. And then now being into George, I see them as one person. But as I take a step back and really think about it, it's like, okay, I could see them, whether it was a friendship, whether it was romantic, them growing together and healing together and then having a really strong bond and connection post war because of that so i mean i could definitely see as like fred was definitely a a i i definitely 100 percent believe that fred is a reason why they got together not just the fact that it's like oh george reminds her of fred like because it's just he's going to be different like i even think about like when i think of of the the twins 
Fred seems like he's he's the more like playful one like they're both funny but I feel like when it comes down to when they talk about like the business like George is the one who's like okay we gotta you know handle being he's the more like the the money and numbers guy and then Fred's like here's all the wild and crazy things that we can yeah. do and so that it's like they're gonna have differences like they're even though like you said in the books like we only see them with their like punch you know punchy one-liners or or goofs or just being really silly and but I you know that once you know them that there's gonna be you know some differences there and uh but but yeah I mean I I definitely think that they probably have a very strong like George and Angelina have a very strong relationship because I just they they need each other. I just feel like Yeah, they it's need gotta be intense. Yeah. yeah. It has to be if we're going with the proviso that Fred has died, their yeah. relationship really is stoked in the fire, like you said, of grief um and of of coming through the war together. And like you say, um, their relationship has been galvanised by being on the same Quidditch team. So they are, if you consider that psychologically, that's going to be a time for both of them that they're really looking forward to. Because, you know, particularly Fred and George themselves were never very academically focused. They were certainly gifted. Um, We know that Flitwick keeps a part of their swamp um, mm-hmm. whenever mm-hmm. he vanishes everything else but he keeps a little part of the swamp so we know that had they chosen to be academically minded they could have been brilliant there as well mm-hmm. but uh, part of their excellence was definitely on the Quidditch pitch and so for all three of them that has to be a time that they're really looking forward to so you've already got this sort of positive up energy and then you form really strong friendships um, and get to know each other on a sort of a an instinctual level. Because mm-hmm. especially where it's team play, you have to be able to intuit what your other players are doing. You have mm-hmm. to get to a stage where you know wordlessly what's happening on the pitch. So you coordinate. And then based off of that, like... Uh, Fred and George are very humour forward so I can Mm -hmm. imagine that there's a lot of in-jokes going on between them all all the time Mm -hmm. and you know and it's so easy to see that romance like naturally blossoms because of that because it's a very intense sort of furnace and environment for them all to be in Mm -hmm. Um, and this is like I'm gonna have to talk about this even though it's a bit of a complicated issue because (laughs) uh so bear with me listeners because it might seem like i'm going on a tangent but i swear i'm going somewhere for a reason take a drink have some water buckle up we're ready let's do this (laughs) okay so um whether or not you think fred died for a good reason or whether you think fred died for just for the purpose of the narrative Mm -hmm. defines a lot of how you see the subsequent relationship with angelina i think because if you see fred's death as perfunctory as just sort of like paying lip service to the fact certain people have to die in war and we're just you know going to be dealing with death as a a necessary part of conflict 
And if people we know don't die, then obviously it's like, you know, then it's not going to be impactful. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's going to hit home as much as it is when we when we know a name, you know? Like right. Just, of course. Yeah. Of course. But there's 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 an argument that says as well that when somebody like Lupin dies, you can sort of see it because um, there's been an arc developing there. And even though it's tragic that he dies, given that, you know, he survived by Teddy, um, mm -hmm. that, that there's a point and a purpose to that death. And I get that there are people that will argue and say, well, some death is senseless. You know, there are the, uh, people that are um, taken away from us very quickly who mm -hmm. don't have a lot of personal story that do just die. And maybe it was the author's intention to um, explore that side of mortality. And, and mm -hmm. I, can, I can see it. But I also think a lot of the deaths, a lot of the 50 that do die are really just sort of, in my opinion, thrown together for the shock and awe value of them dying. Which yeah. is why I think, like, bringing Fred back is different to me than bringing somebody like Sirius back, who, mm -hmm. you know, that death had a point not just to the broader story, but to that the end of that whole book. Whereas Fred's death is just like, oh yeah, Fred's dead now as well. Right, you know? right. It was. It was just like, and then he was smiling and unseeing. And you're just like, oh my God, my entire soul just, just, I don't even know. Like it just, yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Exactly. So I don't think that uh, Fred's death was as justified as those mm -hmm. arguments might suggest that it is. Personally, yeah. that's just my view. And I think... I'm with you, though. I don't think Fred and Angelina were heavily romantically involved yeah. ahead of time, which then gives uh, which then gives George and Angelina uh, enough scope to develop mm -hmm. romantic feelings later on. But I definitely think uh, because Fred and George have such a close relationship, regardless, they're both going to be close to mm -hmm. whoever... Mm -hmm. They mutually end up dating anyway. Right. So there's always going to be this very, um, very intense togetherness mm -hmm. with with whoever it happens to be. Right. Now, the fact that it's Angelina is interesting again, because I said to you before we started recording, my brain confuses Angelina with Alicia because they're both A names and they're both on the Quidditch team and my brain did a thing where it sort of sandwiched them together and I was mm -hmm. like wait which who's who's who here but, <laughs> uh, but as you correctly pointed out to me yeah. Angelina is the Quidditch captain who is very driven she's very following on from the Oliver Wood legacy mm -hmm. so I can see her particularly pushing for a relationship with George because she seems determined to salvage some good from the situation, mm -hmm. to not let either of them be mired in the grief of losing mm. Fred if mm -hmm. he dies. But then also I'm convinced that however that relationship resolves itself, even if Fred is alive and not involved in the romantic side of the relationship, but still in that close circle, I can still see it being, you know, 
and like Angelina being very um putting her best foot forward and making sure that they're all looked after in that way because she mm-hmm. seems very you know we see her in this captainly capacity but it also belies a sort of a a tendency to want to organize outside of that and mm-hmm. make sure everybody's okay and you know fred and george are essentially just there for comic relief at least in terms of mm-hmm. canon narrative so i think they'd need um a sort of a more sensible stabilizing influence from the outside of both of them to be like okay yeah but what's actually gonna be happening as regards to our own futures you know it's all it's mm-hmm. all fine to be laughing and joking and and being silly but also you know we're not going to be school kids forever mm-hmm. and it's it's fascinating to me to be like asking questions about how that works i'm like i always love post hogwarts i have a thing for it because i I'm particularly keen on seeing characters that don't just stay at school age. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in seeing Fred and George grow up and grow mm-hmm. around somebody like Angelina and how that love develops. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was thinking of, because I'm pretty sure that they're in the same year because Angelina's Quidditch captain over the fifth book because they didn't have Quidditch during the fourth book because of the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we didn't know who it would have been at that time. And then it's Harry in the sixth book, and the twins leave before their NEWTs, but it technically was their last I think, year. Yeah, it's their last year. Anyway. Yeah. So I think that they were in the same year. So I think of, like, how would they still be in contact? Like, I think of, especially fan fiction is really big on, like, what is it like Gryffindor like the Gryffindor piss up or something like that like people getting together at the pub every so often and just like seeing your like dorm you know your your buddies because like a lot of times when it comes to like as far as the size that we know of Hogwarts like it's you and only a couple other people in your year in your house like Hermione as far as we know it's Hermione Lavender and Parvati like we only know that it's those three in her year and then obviously we have Ron Harry Neville, Dean, and Seamus, so that's five. So that's only so many people. Like, it'd be easy to get them all together, even if they brought their partners or whatever, just to, like, Mm. stay connected. So I feel like that could be something that, especially the twins, would, like, either put something together or even, like, host something at the store or things like that. Like, I feel like... Or even just quit like a Quidditch thing, like inviting all the Quidditch people to like come and and hang out and things like that. So I feel like they could there's a lot of opportunities and reasons why you would stay really close to your schoolmates in comparison to like that's not really a thing for I don't know for like for in you know my experience just because it's like well I mean I had a hundred people in my you know graduating class or whatever versus seven or what you know whatever so it's like obviously I'm not gonna be hanging out with these hundreds of people all the time but I I that's that's a that's a common theme that I see with post-war stories is if you know like all the Slytherins get together or all the Gryffindors get together and it's like once a month or whatever like it's just a something that they do and I could see that being the case for their year in school or 
or doing the Quidditch whatever. And hey, the what if they were on like did some sort of like um, local, even though the twins obviously have their business, they loved Quidditch. Who's to say they don't aren't on like a club team or like something like that? And maybe with oh, Angelina, yeah, they have to be like yeah, like they have, yeah, to, they be have playing. to be playing like amateur leagues or yeah. something. Yeah, doing something casual because obviously they can't be like professional Quidditch players and business <laughs> no. owners. Like that would be insane. Like I mean, if anyone was going to attempt such thing, it'd be the twins. But <laughs> but but I it, it it's it's. It's thinking about, like, how would they stay in touch? And those are ways that I feel like could be the instance. But if he, you know, if we're saying, like, Fred was, you know, to remain living, like, how would Angelina still fit in the narrative? That's how I see that being a possibility versus, like, you leave school and then sometimes you never see those people again, you know, because who knows where her home, where she's from from, like, who knows where she's actually from in comparison to, like, obviously when you're all at school together, like, you're in the same place and it's different, yeah. like, so, yeah, but I mean, a lot of times they're like, yeah, we're going to all go to the Hogshead and hang out and it's like, that's what we do. I mean, yeah, you can flew wherever or apparate or whatnot, but yeah, it's But just... it's having the excuse to come together yeah. and the, mm-hmm. the need and the reason to all be around each other um and you're right you know what is their impetus as adults to keep being around each other mm-hmm. i definitely see uh them having the equivalent of things like poker nights at mm-hmm. the uh weasley's wizard wheezes you know there, there's some sort of like Ooh. games going on yes game nights and they've got to all be like crazy game like you think of like exploding snap it's got to be something like that like he has they have the like telescope that punches you in the face like there's got to be some sort of dangerous but fun and silly games that they make and probably like you think of like they test on themselves you know then they always everyone Mm. is always like you shouldn't just be testing on ourselves but it's like we don't want to you know do that to other people but maybe maybe they have a bunch of friends that are like dudes if you have a new new something like i want to be involved like he had they have like their group of friends that comes to help give input on new product so maybe that's part of it too like it's kind of like their their personal focus group i guess you could say Well, I, we know the shop is popular, and mm-hmm. I think the list of um, testers would be, like, there'd be a waiting list. There'd right. be, like, a waiting list that's at least a year long. Like, right. if you're interested in testing a Weasley product, uh, yeah. you know, put your name and, and contact details on this bit of parchment or yeah. whatever. And in the fine and, print, it's like, we are not we are not responsible for any, you know, like, maiming, dismemberment, or possible exactly. death. Exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, but no, that's true. Like, absolutely, because especially, like, you think of, like, young, like, younger kids, like, oh, yeah, that'd be so cool to 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 get a chance to see something before you can, you know, buy it or whatever, but. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I have to believe that, especially as the Wizarding World comes out of the shadow of the war, that people are going to be looking for something fun and something light and something mm-hmm. that has a a bit of an unapologetic upside so of course you would go to somewhere like uh weasley's wizard wheezes to get that that i mean that it's really 
uh, I mean, not to sound too much like a marketing textbook, but it's identifying that niche and really playing to that need, that community need that everyone has to be not thinking about uh, death and really serious stuff all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? It's, I mean, we can sort of see it ourselves. We're all living through a pandemic at the moment. Mm -hmm. How nice will it be? How nice is it for us now to visualise that point where none of this will be appropriate? anymore Mm -hmm. you know none of none of these you know pandemic considerations will be on our minds you know i think that there's a certain amount of um relief that comes from visualizing a time when you know you won't have to think about that and i think Mm -hmm. it's very very similar for uh people in this position coming out of the war and just looking for that bit of fun that bit of um you know, whacking yourself in the eye with a telescope that you didn't know that you needed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So something I was thinking about in regards to, like, the relationship among, like, the three of them. So what if they, you know, were really, like, the three of them were always really close in school, and then, of course, the relationship transitions into post-war. I could see it becoming an issue of, like, may like this is kind of sad but also not like of reaching a point where it's like okay you two are my best friends and i have love for both of you but i could never choose so we're just like there's an unsaid like where it's never gonna happen because i couldn't do that you know what i mean so like they i could see there being like underlying feelings among like the twins and her that never got acted on because she could never and would never do that to the other twin. You know what I mean? Like, cause I Mm. could see that being, you know, cause you, you see that sometimes with like trio stuff. It's like, we think it's like, Oh, who's Hermione going to pick or, you know, things like, I mean, obviously the twins are different cause it's like, okay, they're the two, they're brothers and whatever. But I feel like if Harry had feelings for Hermione and Hermione picked Ron, like it would be really devastating. Like they're oh, like brothers, you know what I mean? And, and speaking of Hermione, like I can see just cause we see um, Angelina in such like a, a strong, intense, like we think of Oliver Wood as being like this, like gotta win, gotta win. We're, you know, so like hype about Quidditch. And it's like, Angelina is like, she's obviously out to prove something. Like she's like, okay, I'm Quidditch captain, whether it's because I'm a woman or whatever. Like, she takes no shit. Like, when Harry keeps getting detention, she's just like, get your act together, Harry. Like, I cannot keep dealing with this. Go go tell her to, you know, change whatever times with Umbridge, which, of course, you know, she absolutely won't do. The woman is absolutely happy to make it so that Harry can't go to Quidditch practice or whatever. I, yeah. I think that she'd be the one to, like, keep them in check. You know what I mean? Like they they're like she would be the person holding the two balloons like they're just like reaching for the sky and doing like the sky's the limit. And she's like, guys, (laughs) guys, like like we got to be a little bit rational in this. So I could see her being like someone like a like someone who is in the background that like supports and helps them with potentially the bit uh, the business or just in general life as someone to keep them grounded because they are so such big personalities they are such like so above everything like like literally no limitations they they can't see any limitations they're just like it's just more 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 wilder 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 and uh but but yeah i mean either a i could see them just either 
and it would be really sad if at an eventual point, like either or any of the three of them did meet an alternative partner and then how that would affect like potentially their like platonic like uh, just just deciding it's like hey this is it's just going to be platonic forever because there's just no way that it could be anything different but then there's also like there is the the opportunity where it's like she's the center of a polydynamic and she's with both of them but the you know the twins aren't together but i mean i'm fine with whatever dynamic but just like but it's you know she could technically have she could technically have them both like she really technically could it's so technically yeah possible yes yeah. it is yeah i don't know that that's something that i no, you don't want to, to dwell on for any length no. of time however move on <laughs> however um what you were saying about uh her being having those boundaries that she wouldn't cross out of respect for either twin. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that happening. Um, I also think, I, I mean, I think we've talked about this before, but I sort of feel like it's unrealistic to expect that your relationships going into adulthood will all be formed by connections you make at school. Right. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just because you are very close to these people at a certain point doesn't mean that you're going to be that close for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've established that wizards live for a very long time. Yeah, if they're yeah, not we've killed. Yeah. So they, like, there's an awful lot of years within which to meet people mm-hmm. and do stuff. And,. You know, we haven't even talked about Lee Jordan, but, mm-hmm. you know, that like Lee Jordan is definitely in their friendship group. Yeah. And it's just as conceivable to me that uh, one of the twins ends up with Lee Jordan mm-hmm. and one of the twins ends up with Angelina. <gasps> That's so true. I didn't even think about that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, gosh. OK, OK, OK. No, I'm totally I'm totally here for this. That's oh, <laughs> that's so great because, yeah, because Lee. <laughs> OK, OK, here's here's my thoughts. Here's my thoughts. OK, so either A, it's George and Lee because George, like I kind of said before, is a little bit more of like the the reason why Fred and George work is because they're kind of like they're similar, but they're also compliments. So I feel like Lee is also in the realm of Fred of being a little bit more ridiculous and silly. And he could compliment George in that way. Whereas Fred and Angelina, like Angelina has the like, you know, strong foundation head on her shoulders and keeps Fred in check. So it's just like their kind of group of like balancing each other's strengths and strengths and weaknesses and things like that. And and they're and they're gonna have I'm I'm sure that Angelina and and Lee obviously is involved in because they're obviously is their best friend. He does commentating for the matches and things like that. Like he has to be somewhat close to Angelina too. Like they're all in the same year. So yeah, they def apps. Okay, so they're definitely all dating, and then they're they're going on double dates, and that's just the cutest cutest thing. And uh, I love that. I'm sorry, I didn't even think about Lee either, and I'm so sorry, Lee Jordan. My super bad. <laughs> <laughs> you were very important to the twins. I know you were. <laughs> see, I could see Lee Jordan giving commentary in the bedroom. You've s- I think you've where... said this before. I can't remember what episode or why, but you definitely brought this up before. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think the potential 
there for fun is off the charts and i know that uh whoever ends up with lee is going to be all about it because whether it's fred or george yeah um they're you know they're very much yes and people you know they never are ones to turn down a good idea in fact they'll always you know riff off of it and expand on it and make it better Mm -hmm. and i just feel like if they're going to be around people in the long term they're at least going to want to be with people that can match them on that wacky creative level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that is really important and integral to both of their characters because, mm-hmm. you know, they're individual characters. And I think it's important that we we speak about them individually, mm-hmm. given that they're so often lumped together as twins and they're not the same you know they're not the yeah. same person yeah. so it is important that we treat them individually but broadly speaking they're both driven by humor they're both driven by a need to not take themselves seriously i love their energy of just constantly taking the piss out of life yeah um, and i love that they that in either being together with lee or being together with angelina that they'll get to appreciate that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, have to say that I don't go out of my way to look for Fred and George fanfic. But now that I'm describing... <laughs> yeah? Now that I'm describing all of these different permutations to you yeah. and having this chat, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, why haven't I looked for this before? Yeah. Because I definitely... I do want to read it. It does sound wholesome and it does, a little part of my soul does feel fulfilled talking Mm -hmm. about this for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know that I, as a human, just want everyone's good resolution for them. Yeah. And I I feel like in terms of Fred and George, how that happens is they get together with someone that appreciates, first and foremost their sense of fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I could never see, for instance, like one of the twins getting together with, oh, now let's say for the sake of argument, um, it, like, let's say Marcus Flint. Oh, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it's, it's theoretically possible. Yeah. Flint is there. Yeah. But while it would be interesting to read about, I don't see it being a long-term thing because... <laughs> Flint is named after a stone. I don't think that's an accident. And, <laughs> and uh, it might be interesting to read the equivalent of like a one night stand or just mm. a one off. Mm-hmm. But I don't see it being a long term thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas with somebody like Angelina, I could see that being an investment. Mm-hmm. A a future. I'm not saying it's the future, but right. I'm saying I see a future there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your feelings are about, like, if you see a definitive future for the twins or if you'd rather, like, keep the options open. I, d- I don't know. I mean, ultimately, I think the, the most fun about when Fred lives is that you can go in any which direction. We could. pull in tons of different people for different reasons and the only thing we have to go off of like oh are we gonna keep George and Angelina together and how does that affect the way that you know Fred's 
future goes, like, well, then, hey, maybe ultimately it was always supposed to be George and Angelina. And then it was Fred <laughs> and Lee or, you know, something like that. Like, I I don't know. I just uh, it. <sighs> And I always was curious in regards to the two of them is I remember them bringing up the possibility of buying Zonkos so they would be in Diagon Alley and in Hogsmeade. So would it be like the first time that either would they both, would they each manage different ones? Would it be like the first time where they're kind of like working separately from each other? So it's like a step in the direction of like figuring out separate lives while still sharing the same thing. So the opportunity yeah. there of like making that shift from like, hey, we're the goofy brothers that do all these things. But then it's like, okay, we're the we're the entrepreneurs, businessmen, adults that are pro are ready to move forward in our our futures together, obviously, but as individuals. And so I wonder how if if that got affected because of what happened to Fred or anything like that. We just Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But um, it's funny you bring up Marcus and I'm like, oh, of course you can't date Fred because he's made for Oliver. So it's just <laughs> <laughs> yes, this, like this is Marcus true. can't date anyone else because Marcus is supposed to be with Oliver Wood. It's just like that's just duh. I mean, it's like Harry and Draco. Like they're just they're the conflict, whatever. Although now I've yeah. been thinking about Marcus and Harry for whatever reason. And there's like no fic out there. And I'm really sad what? about that. I don't know. It just came up. Okay, it just just happened, and I cannot. It I came up. <laughs> it just happened. I don't know. I just like I've I've been uh -huh. really into I've been really into Marcus of late, and it just I don't know why I pulled Harry in there, but there wasn't really anything to. Oh, mm, I wonder what we're going to be covering in next episode. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, oh yeah, Fred, Fred and George and stuff and things. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, okay, okay. Here's I I re remembered something from a while back. So I read a okay. story that was canon adjacent, like through you know, like through the series of pretty much everything happening as it did, but with different relationships happening. And when it reached the point of when Fred died, because of course it's like Fred is is talking to Percy, like Percy shows up and Percy makes a joke and then obviously Fred is killed. This person writes Percy being the one who was killed, which I, which oh. I, which the way I looked at it, I was like, wow, this actually hits really hard too because it was him finally accepting he was wrong and coming back in and trying to repair a relationship with his brothers and ha and shared a moment with Fred. And then for either of them to be lost, like in the author, pretty much in the notes was just like, I couldn't kill Fred. I just couldn't do it. Like, I'm sorry, Percy, but I couldn't. But I still felt like it was really impactful in that way. So I feel like if the Weasleys still lost someone, how would, you know, that would probably still affect the two twins in a similar way. Like it just, it's, it'll be different, obviously be different than losing your twin, but yeah. there would still be you know, pain and trauma and, and things there because even, as much as they teased the heck out of Percy and yeah, he was like, he was a shit for, you know, to for pretty much separating himself from his family, but he finally owned up to being wrong. And I just, I feel like that would really affect them to the extent of because 
maybe they were never able to fix the relationship. You know what I mean? Like it was like, oh, it was yeah. gonna it was gonna be the beginning of the beginning of them repairing and creating something, you know, moving forward, but it never got that chance, which is, you know, really is something also to think about in in comparison of them just all the Weasleys living. Like if, if a different Weasley died, how that would affect the twins too and how that would affect relationships you know going forward in in that regard and so yeah yeah Yeah. um and i i mean i don't have a problem with a weasley dying it's not that i'm averse to um a death in the family Mm -hmm. or that i feel like it wouldn't make narrative sense i just have more of a problem with how the death happened happened Mm -hmm. and how throwaway it seemed like yeah even if you're even if you're gonna have it in an unexpected moment that turns on a sixpence that's fine but then have some breathing room to deal with the emotional after effect of that like we basically had a whole chapter for it when Sirius died Mm -hmm. why is Fred not as important why would Percy not be as important you know it's a prominent Weasley we've seen them for seven books at mm-hmm. that point we've grown alongside them why aren't they given the same level of right. maturity and depth and ultimately you know respect for their journeys that's what i have an issue with mm-hmm. um and i feel like that could have been done so much better and i know i can already hear the counter arguments happening <laughs> where, where it's like People are gonna be. People are gonna complain at me that uh, it happens so quickly because uh, you know it's in the middle of a battle, right. and there's pacing to consider, mm-hmm. and you know, and everything else. But um, if you've ever been in a situation where something horrific happens, now I have never, to my knowledge, witnessed any sudden death directly. But if you've ever been in a situation where something happens. Like, it's happened for me where time sort of slows Slows down. down. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like any serious consideration of that sort of um, battlefield trauma, if mm-hmm. we want to call it that, has to take that into account. Um, and I don't feel like it did. So I don't feel like when we talk about Fred dying or Percy dying or whoever it happens to be, that we're given enough of a moment in the books to be like, oh, wow, this is important. Mm-hmm. This is significant. Um, and that, because, you know, Fred and George and Percy are all quite big characters in the books. Mm-hmm. We're not dealing with the equivalent of a Justin Finch Fletchley or right. a, uh, you know, someone hovering in the background like a Hannah Rabbit. Mm-hmm. This is quite a prominent secondary character. Mm-hmm. Um, and is the is you know are we supposed to take from this that they didn't matter as much, or because if it's Fred dying, it's only an agent of the comic relief dying, or if mm-hmm. it's Percy dying, oh well, he was a dick anyway, so what does it matter? Right, right. You know, yeah. And I think, and another issue that could be said about Fred dying is, well. We still have George. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, it's just one half of something that's still there. Whereas, like, someone like Percy or Charlie or Bill, 
like that's like final like it's like you've lost that sibling in comparison to like George reminds you of the person you lost. Not that not that like Percy's personalities or mannerisms or things like that couldn't be in any of the other siblings, but it's literally like I look at George and I see Fred. And so therefore it it either hurts, like it's at that that oh, that's another thing of of George feeling like he causes his family pain because they see Fred. Right. So that's that's also I've read where George has a really hard time, not only because he's lost his best friend and his twin and a big piece of him, but the fact that, like, his mother can't even look at him, you know? Like, she cannot, she just cries, uh, you know what I mean? So that has yeah. to be so hard. Like, how do you how do you move on from that? Like, I just, I, I, it, um, it really, truly amazes me that George makes it through it. You know what I mean? I just feel like there's so many things that could just really reach a point for him where he's just like, why? Like, why? I, 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 everything that I've put into to this point is like, I feel like he would need someone in his corner to help him. You know what I mean? Like, he, he wouldn't be able to get out of this alone. There's no way. Mm. And I feel like there'd be a lot of instances of of him feeling like he's doing harm to his family because he looks like the person that they lost and that's got to be awful like if that has to feel terrible right right well if we if we deal with this sort of dark and brooding george how reasonable do you think it could be that he ends up with somebody like pansy who represents something darker something other uh, a circle that is would while he was still being you know naive and fun loving mm -hmm. wouldn't have been open to him but who uh is available to him now because he would be a product of a lot more um dark emotive stuff that he needs to exercise mm -hmm. and get out of himself um you know is it is it feasible that he ends up with someone who is more of a reflection of that side of his nature mm -hmm. of that he goes down a sort of a, a snape-ish trajectory of mm -hmm. feeling very i mean it's different because obviously he still has living siblings mm -hmm. and a family there that want to mm -hmm. nurture and support him yeah. but if you're saying that he has a tough time because he can't be around his family because they all remind him of Fred. Yeah. He's going to want to put himself in surroundings that are totally different, different. and mm -hmm. alien to him. Mm -hmm. So I could see him maybe ending up with somebody who we wouldn't traditionally put him with. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny you bring up Pansy because I feel like, I don't know if we talked about this with the Ron and Pansy, but with Pansy, like, she's a character that, I mean, you... You either keep her being like a bitch <laughs> or you give her the opportunity to have her redemption of seeing it from the point of view of giving up Harry to save others. You know what I mean? Like everyone sees her yeah. as the bad guy for saying like, oh, there's Harry, turn him in. And everyone being like, how dare you? Like you're terrible. But she's like, look at all like the, all the people that died after this. Like it would be instant, you know, to like, 
look at her and demonize her for such a thing and pot like there's the possibility of her like gravitating away from her family or or having different you know values or trying to be seen as someone other than the person who tried to give Harry Potter up to Lord Voldemort. And maybe yeah. it is something that they, like, find each other. Like, what if it's one of those instances of, like, George is at a bar, literally, <laughs> literally, like, drinking away his sorrows, and she's kind of there, too, or him meeting someone in that regard. But then, if you, is that an instance where two broken people would heal and move forward kind of like we talked about potentially Angelina and George or would it be something that grew into something continuously toxic because they couldn't grow out of where they right. were at together like it depends on if they they're they want to move forward or if the fact that it's like you're a distraction like you you are you're the I'm I'm with you because I don't think about anything else that I don't want to deal with you know what I mean whereas sure. someone like Angelina yeah. is from his past is from some sort of relationship with his brother like is has a direct connection to I feel like yeah it would have been very different and would be easier for him to gravitate and stay away from his family if he went in a totally different you know, direction or even it doesn't even have to be pansy. It could literally be just any random person. Like we like we talk about, I think, what is it? Uh, one of the instances where, well, we have Audrey, who's Percy's wife that we don't really know anything about her. And then yeah. Rolf is is a is a scamander. Is that right? Yeah. Rolf? Yeah. That's so right. I mean, Rolf's but we just Scamander. we know that name, but it's like, how do we you know, how did she meet him and things like that? So it's like, doesn't mean that you're meant to be with someone you went to school with, like you're gonna meet other people. And uh, but I just I feel like Angelina was probably chosen because of that. Like, I feel like she would be someone to help link him to a past that he might want to outrun, but she doesn't let him. You know, if yeah. that makes sense. So um, a couple of things that we haven't talked about yet are the children that George mm, and mm -hmm. Angelina have, uh, Fred and Roxanne. Mm -hmm. um, and also whether or not Fred comes back as a ghost. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think because they, they talk about, what is it? Um, ooh, because who Harry talks to nearly headless Nick. But does he talk to, who else does he bring it up to when he is wondering about Sirius? I think it's mostly <sighs> that he has the discussion with Nick. I know he talks to Rowena Ravenclaw, but I think that's mostly yeah, the, about like, the, the diadem. But yeah. I mean, but ultimately someone tells him like there's, he he would want to go on. Like it's like, I mean, if you think about it, like would he want to come back and be trapped in a plane where everyone he knew and loved would be he would watch them grow old and then eventually be gone or would he want to go on to be with the people that he loved you know james lily what you know it, regulus even like who knows like as far as that goes but yeah with fred i don't know i feel like it would be kind of be a similar situation of of him being like if he came back to be with you know the family and whatever when george eventually i don't know i mean i feel like if fred made that choice he would definitely be attempting 
to be like living his life as a person, you know, like trying to still mm-hmm. be involved with Weasley's Wizard Weasley. It's kind of like a Ben's thing. Like he just woke up dead and he like he was a ghost yeah. and he just kept teaching for whatever, however many, you know, decades or centuries or whatever. And um, but yeah, it's just it's interesting why someone would make that choice. And I feel like most of the time the choice is made out of fear. Like fear of what's next, of fear of being forgotten or whatever. So I just, I feel like he wouldn't, I don't know. Like I just, it's, but he, but he's going before everyone, you know, I mean, not that he obviously doesn't have grandparents and things like that, but it's like, he's one of the first of all of them to, you know, to leave them. So obviously he's going on to wherever yeah. like i don't know i don't know yeah one of the things i suppose that that sort of sways me against fred coming back as a ghost is that i see him being like quite hands-on with the pranks and then we know that like unless you have like the bloody baron with his sword like unless it's a something that you that have you on actually you. have right 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 yeah mm-hmm. you can't necessarily interact with your surroundings so I think that would be an incredibly sad existence yeah. for Fred um, but what I can see and what I do see happening is George having a portrait of Fred commissioned <gasps> like the like the magical oh. portraits mm-hmm. in the headmaster's office yeah. And so whenever anybody is coming into the shop, you'll still get the banter between them Mm -hmm. because George is having it with Fred's portrait. Mm -hmm. So there's still that element of continuous give and take. That would be so wholesome. Like, and and my question is like, I don't know that this has been answered anywhere, but how do you, how do you get everything that was a person up until their death like how are you able to put that into a portrait is it like sometimes when it's written in fic is like okay like you might see like it could be a Dumbledore portrait but like when he's younger because it was commissioned and he put his memories or whatever into it because he was still alive like can you commission something after the fact but it's like because would Dumbledore have a like have a portrait waiting, you know, just to like be there and like he's, you know, kind of like a um a software update. Like every once in a while he goes yeah. and has a chat with his portrait and it's just like, so this is what happened this year, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm just like, how does that work? How are they able to get the essence of someone? Because they have to have so many like some instance of memories because it's like Dumbledore's there helping and talking Snape through his plan you know during that last book so it's like he's still very aware of what needs to be done and after Harry goes through and accepts that I have to die and then Dumbledore cries and so obviously he's very much that man yeah so how does how does someone become that and then how would they do that and then of course like everyone would want a damn Fred like portrait in their house like who would not want Fred in their house like you know what I mean like I exactly yeah because I mean normally it's like oh there's only like Phineas Nigellus like there's the one that is in his headmaster's office and there happens to be one that was at you know Grimold Place or whatever and it's like those you can only Mm -hmm. go outside of Hogwarts if you have an external you know painting or whatever but yeah I don't know because there's because what is it there was another 
a story that like had something along the lines of like um honoring the fallen and like having images of like everyone who was lost like as like a memorial but i don't know that they yeah. would be like and i think that they were kind of like um they weren't portraits because they weren't like interactive but they were wizard photographs so it's like there was still motion but it's not like you could like interact with them or something yeah. like that and uh what was it? Because I think it was one that Draco was, it was, some of them were images that were from when they were younger or, you know, something like that. So it's, it didn't necessarily show who they were in the end, but, you know, it was still like a representation of them. But yeah, I want to, hey, if anyone has headcanons or knows, yeah, if, if you're a portrait expert, please tell me how magical portraits work because I want to know how how everyone could get a fred portrait because everyone deserves one at the very least there needs to be one in wizard we weasley's wizard wheezes like i mean at the very least like he should be like above the the you know above the till like big old picture <laughs> of fred yeah up there and just like i mean it has to be yeah because i don't know that you could actually have one out with a living person because it's like what if what if it was like okay now i'm gonna have i'm gonna put myself in there too so it'll be george and fred interacting with each other in there but then fred's probably bawling his eyes out because he's seeing himself interacting with his brother that he can't do i just don't i just don't yeah. understand how these portraits work <laughs> well in my head in my head canon we've talked about uh luna being a really good illustrator before mm -hmm. you know what if luna paints fred's portrait oh uh, that would be that would be so sweet like she, and she would probably do it unprompted like i could see her doing that for several people you know what i mean like that yeah. just being her what what she decides or makes the the choice to be like i want to help my friends heal because friendship is very yeah. important to her. And so then she does something that at first, like I feel like when it comes to really meaningful things like that, at first when you're in pain, you could see it as like kind of like a, another emotional attack. Like you are unprepared to like come to terms sure. with it. And so sometimes gifts of that nature can be kind of upsetting to people. But I feel like she, everything that Luna does is in the she's doing it out of genuine feelings and and need to like show her love and affection for other people and yeah that would be absolutely amazing if she you know did that and then even like what was it i don't know that she well it would kind of have to be people i don't know how that works because once again i have no idea how that works it's like if you don't know what a person looks like do they go off of like someone's memories like do you use a pensive and then someone goes in and like watches a memory to then be able to paint them appropriately or literally is it like bibbity bobbity boo portrait you know what i mean like it's just like what, how does this work i want to know the logistics of magical portraits like i just want, i want to know how these work but i love the idea of luna painting these like her and her like packaging them up and having them just like kind of show up you know like even like a, a picture of Sirius or like you know it's for for Harry like that would just be it's just the yeah that just has to be yeah. so 
That would be just such a, a beautiful thing. So I feel like having something like that versus Fred coming back as, you know, a ghost, like that would be something permanent for him to be like, it's like, okay, you're going to be on the human, you know, the living plane forever. And then most likely the rest of your family will go on without you. Yeah, I don't like the thought of Fred being stuck in limbo. Um, I don't like the thought of anybody being stuck in limbo. And I think... Uh, I mean, this is probably too spiritual a topic for this <laughs> podcast, but um, I would like to think that one of the Weasleys could at least make the choice to bring Fred with them if they felt that Fred was stuck, like mm. he needed the help to move on, <gasps> that they could do that, you know? Okay, question. Is... Like, like, of course, like, I think Dumbledore, whatever we say that it's like when you are in that making that choice of like going back or going forward or whatever. And in Harry's uh-huh. instance, it was coming back still human, not not as a ghost or whatever. <laughs> but it's like, if you choose a ghost, is your like, are you still kind of there? Like, say, like, at King's Cross, like, could there be a potential of you being able to move on? Because like you say someone either can help you move on that's another thing too there's a lot of things with ghosts and things it's like the reasons why you stay because you have unfinished business and then when you finish said business you're able to move forward like i think most ghost you know things that Mm. i've like experienced in shows in stories or things like that it's like there's always a purpose for them to have stayed behind needing to finish something before moving moving on so that could be i don't know what his you know goal would be whereas like you look at like nearly headless nick it's like he just wants to be included in the headless hunt and he will never be included in the headless hunt and then i could see the and what is it the um bloody baron he kills rowena and she comes back as like i mean i don't know if like i could see rowena coming back because or not rowena Helena, right? Helena's the daughter? Yeah. So Helena, Helena. Yeah. yeah, Helena. And um she comes back because I could see her being afraid to see her mother again, like moving on because she felt like yeah. she betrayed her. And then of course when he he had killed her and he wanted to have his like life of I don't know, atonement, I guess, like or feeling like he needed to be you know, trapped and and live and see what he did. You know, like whole like carry his like sins. I guess you could say. Kind of. Uh, yeah. He makes me think very like um like Marley. You know, like it's like carrying his yeah. chains and things like that. That's how I feel like Bloody Baron because he's still like covered in silver blood, which is him. You know, murdering her and himself. You know what I mean? Like it's just like woo. It's just it's a lot. We don't but really also, think about it. That's a. That's a lot to be around kids. Mm-hmm. Also, this yeah. is really, it's a depressing thought that these ghosts are just sort of locked in at Hogwarts in perpetuity. Yeah. Like on permanent ghost lockdown. Yeah. Because, because nearly Headless Nick can't join the Headless Hunt. So is there more magic going on? That, that and like, then we have Myrtle literally like depressed off like just young girl just like wailing and moaning and hanging out in the bathroom it's just like but we know you and i know that hogwarts is obviously the most nurturing 
and mentally healthy <laughs> environment yes, for any any absolutely. witcher wizard like it's just you're just it's it, they're thinking so much about the student's well-being like obviously there's a choice there <laughs> yeah so. um i i definitely don't like the more that i think about ghosts the less happy that i am that they are in the universe yeah because the implications of it are just so sad it's very sad (laughs) it's very sad and it's another thing to think about is like okay do you come back and the last thing you were wearing and then the last thing you were wearing was it comfortable and is was it like decent like (laughs) like I don't know. I don't know. It's just funny, but anyway. But Fred, George, Angelina. (laughs) I could see. I could. If you get to choose what you wear as a ghost, I could see Fred electing to come back in a mankini. (laughs) Oh my god! Just for the pure, like, just for the 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 shock value of it. Yeah. I definitely think he'd approve, and it would be. A sort of a symbol of what he was like in, in oh man life. oh man just that irreverent no <laughs> oh my god oh wow oh wow but uh but yeah i couldn't see him at, like baking that choice kind of like with like serious like but of course serious was moving on to be with you know knows his friends are there and and whatever and so fred is just I don't, I mean, you don't see a lot of ghosts. So obviously it's like, it's gotta be, there's gotta be purpose behind someone feeling like they either can't deserve or they're afraid to move on. And I don't see Fred as, he's he's a strong enough person that it's like, he would accept it. You know what I mean? Like he's like, oh, you know, and then he's, yeah, I don't know. But I think we all have a, a fear of dying. Mm-hmm. And, and this is my, this is my complaint with that characterization of oh maybe they're just too scared to move on yeah the actual thought of coming face to face with your own mortality mm-hmm. isn't a cheery one for most people mm-hmm. and i think unless you're in a position where you're suffering a lot in life you're not really welcoming death with open arms right. like I, I don't know like the the third brother in the tale of the three brothers you know we right. we don't always have that luxury yeah so when you say oh you know maybe they're just not ready to or they they don't want to face it i think there's an element of that in all of us yeah but whether or not you'd want to be stuck on one plane in perpetuity right I mean, that that's not that's not really a choice for me and if i'm you know, if I'm being on brand for myself and wanting the best for people, I can't want that for Fred because to condemn anybody to any plane yes. of existence for, you know, an inordinate amount of time mm-hmm. feels like a really bad punishment. There's no other word for that. Is there someone like a Dumbledore waiting for you there to like kind of like have a presentation of like if you make the choice to go back as a ghost this is what you can expect from your existence <laughs> if you like like or if you move on to whatever blah 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 like i just like i feel like it'd be really funny if there was like some chipper somebody there just like going over your options you know what i mean like just like well let's take a look at what you know what you might be thinking of doing and whatever because it, yeah i just what's behind door number two <laughs> yeah exactly i just that would be you know kind of i that would be so funny i don't know but 
Um, but and how? Oh God, how sweet would it be? How sweet would it be? Okay, it has to be. It has to be this way because obviously Dumbledore's gone. Dumbledore's dead. But he's able mm-hmm. to somehow meet Harry. You know what I mean? Like he's able to meet Harry yes. on his. You know, he was able to get to some level of a mutual plane. Fred has to come and be the one that George sees. You know what I mean? Yes, like, of course. Like George would be there and then Fred would be there. And <sighs> why am I making myself cry? This is so <laughs> sad. But we knew going in that this was going to be semi-sad because we're talking about Fred. So what are we going to do other than be sad some of the time? <laughs> so, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I can only imagine that moment where George finally gets to see his brother again and then go on with him you know what i mean and be together again eternally you know if we you know if the wizards like they believe that you know i mean obviously it's assumed based on you know how we know the book was written and how it was religiously you know set around and things like that like you would you're under the understanding of like you would either come back as a ghost or you move on to whether it be heaven or what is the next next place for your soul to be well yeah whatever the next chapter happens to be yeah yeah Yeah. so in terms of fred i think we're agreed that he's not hanging about Mm -mm. but that if there are any vestigial forms of him that they're somehow transmuted into a portrait that flits between weasley's wizard wheezes and the burrow Mm -hmm. or shell cottage or somewhere something yeah some weasley family home definitely the burrow and then the store yeah absolutely so like george would probably be i don't know like he would eh, because they could talk after hours. Like either A, he could obviously be in their office, but then it's like I feel like he would want to see and interact with like seeing like customers' faces. You know what I mean? Like just like lighting up with, you know, everything that they're doing and, and whatnot and And so, much in yeah. a sort of a in a sort of a similar way that the um black matriarch was it pride of place in that house? And, you know, she had to be covered mm. over with the curtains mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. she was so disgusted by who ends up being there. I feel like Fred would be the opposite, where he'd be, like, so proud of seeing everybody and, uh, you know, and, and seeing everyone um, grow up and be a part of it. And he'd be complaining as well. Like, he'd be like, I can't believe you stacked those there mm-hmm. or the, there's not enough natural light coming in from this window. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd be, like, I can see him being really fussy about the way Weasley's Wizard Weezes looks and having such, like, a pride of... Um, like because he's so invested in the, mm-hmm. and that was so much a part of his uh future that i can still see him being like no obviously that doesn't belong here like they belong over there and you know like just being so hands-on in mm-hmm. inverted commas post-death i absolutely see that for him mm-hmm. i'm still stuck on those portraits so <laughs> Because it has to be something that's like planned out or like has something like already being having been made because it's like you you'd think that Harry has so much money like Harry obviously has plenty of money like he could commission his parents he could commission Sirius like I feel like there would have to have been some sort of backup <laughs> of these people to like go into the portrait because like Dumbledore passes and immediately. 
he's in a portrait in the headmaster's office and that's what like what really hits home with Harry to know that he's gone because the portrait's there. So it's like, I don't know. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make a very like I'm just gonna make a personal choice and say that it is possible or however it was you're able to do it and Fred stays around as a portrait because I just he part of him has to be there. Part of him has to be around. That just has to be that way. <laughs> so we and the the sad thing is is we haven't really talked about George in any context beyond getting yeah. over Fred. Yeah. Like and he does have canonical children. Yeah. You know, they are there. He has to have some sort of life and some happiness that he's found for himself. I mean, whether or not that you take that from canon or whether or not he's, you know, been dating Lee Jordan. Right. And we take it off in fan fiction directions. Mm-hmm. Um like I also want George to have his happy future. I want Angelina to have hers mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think we're so used to seeing particularly these three core characters together. Mm-hmm. They are like another trio, like right. you said. Right, yeah. Um, and I think we get used to sort of grouping characters together and seeing them all, you know, being part of a larger mm-hmm. unit that when they're separate, it feels wrong. Yeah. Because they never were when we knew them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's absolutely, absolutely true. I definitely think Angelina is like the Hermione figure of like just holding them accountable and just being like, you know, like even even in school, like it's like, you guys need to study. Like, I know you guys are smart. Look at all this stuff you make. Like, you're just you're just lazy. Like, it's one of those things that they're definitely brilliant. Like, they are smart. They're probably Percy smart. Like, they are super smart. They just don't care. <laughs> They just, yeah. they just genuinely don't care. It's not a priority. So I just, that's, uh, they're just so funny. Well, they've had other people in the family to do that already. You yeah. know, the Bills and Charlies and, right. you know, and Percy's a bit of a swat and a bookworm and, and very officious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they don't, there's no pressure on them to be that. Mm-hmm. Whereas with, you know, with other kids, maybe if we've, you know, if we deal with only children or if you're, you know, coming from a maybe a pure blood family that really cares about putting your best foot forward all the time, mm-hmm. then you're going to have those pressures to be that. But with them, um, they've really had a lot of breathing room to be the sort of wacky idiots that we know and love them for. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that at least in terms of George, that has to be... He has to be more of that going forward. I mean, yes, okay, there's got to be a lot of years of George having to deal with, if not Fred's death, Mm -hmm. then post-war stuff. Mm -hmm. But I like to think that George does eventually, even as, because I've known a few adults in my life who behave more like kids than Mm -hmm. kids do. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they sort of overcompensate and come back round. And uh, I definitely could see George fulfilling that kind of a role. Um, And that isn't to say that he's irresponsible or unhappy, but I just think that such a large part of his soul is bound up in a sense of play and a sense of fun. Mm -hmm. And I would want to see more of that in an older George Mm -hmm. just say it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh absolutely and I think and I feel like my hope is that like 
Ron is the one who helps him with Weasley's Wizard Wheezes, and he's able to, like, build that relationship with his brother and have that passion for it and be able to get excited and do these things and move forward together in that so that he wasn't alone. Because I feel like that would be really impactful to all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's my business now. You know what I mean? Like not having it be, you know, shared with with family or whatever. But um, but yeah, so I don't, obviously I hope and believe that like anyone, it's like it's not, you don't forget anybody, but you you can accept that they're gone, but they're not forgotten and you're able to move forward and have a happy life and, and all of that. And so I'm sure that if he, if, if the idea of naming a child after Fred brought him pain, he wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it obviously yeah. would be a celebration of like, I, I, I loved my brother. We loved my brother. And it's like, okay, he's, you know, coming into this world and, and it's gonna and I'm gonna honor him because of my love and everything for him because it's like it's just yeah, I don't know. I was gonna make a I was gonna make a quick point about um if George and Angelina got together, do you see their relationship and their dynamic being very domestic or more unconventional? Mm -hmm. Like where on the scale is their family home? If we accept that they have those kids yeah like what sort of a future do you want for them because i don't know that either of them would be very happy long term in a traditional domestic mm -hmm. setting um i see them being in a sort of equivalent of the so I don't know. Have you seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Yes, but it's been forever. But yes, I have seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> so I see them in a, like those kids growing up in a sort of a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang house <laughs> where like George invents all of these weird things mm -hmm. for like the, the breakfast doesn't just appear. It comes on a little yes! like, train oh, track. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Yes. They have to have a bunch of weird wacky things that is, and Angelina is probably like shrieking up the stairs like George blah 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 like something either breaks or like you know something it's like it's like stop it stop testing da, 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 stop testing these things here like ah. yes but uh, yeah yeah uh. when I think of George and Angelina it makes me think of like when people see Ginny moving on to be like a perfect you know moves on to the holy head harpies and she does her professional thing until I'd imagine like once you decide to have children and obviously that's very hard to do sports and have kids yeah. and, and and that sort of thing. And I could see Angelina moving on to do professional sports. Like I feel like she's really passionate in that regard. And then maybe it t takes a while for them to be together. Like and you know, what if, what if he's like kind of like the best friend cheerleader? Like whenever she has like, local matches or if he's able to go like he's always going to see her you know see her games yeah. and whatever and but she definitely would be the person to like hold down the fort like she would she'd be the one like you know holding the kids accountable but then also like hoping that they have fun because of course George is just gonna be that cool dad like he's just gonna be that goofy cool dad that like and like mom suited you know Angelina is gonna have her hands on her hips like all the time just like oh my gosh yes. like seriously you're you're a bigger child than they are like <laughs> But that's what she loves about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like when the kids are slightly older, he can bring them 
to like the matches Mm -hmm. so they're all watching mum play Mm -hmm. and like I can see George sort of doing the like the equivalent of the Weasley jumper thing except I can see him making like Weasley scarves for them to wear Mm -hmm. at the matches and stuff oh that would be so cute yeah I know I know so much as I said I don't see them in a traditional domestic Mm -hmm. setting I definitely think it can be fluffy um I just don't think very much about tradition sits well with either George or Angelina. You know, I think they're both a bit too uh, creative and a little bit too adventurous Mm -hmm. for that to work long term. Maybe that's just my, Mm -hmm. the way my head works. Mm -hmm. Well, you think of like Angelina was one of the few that we know of, like girls that actually put forth their name as like champion. Like, she was obviously confident yeah. enough to be like, I want to do this. Like, I want to prove that I can be like this. And I feel like she will always be that, you know, that individual, which I really admire about her character in that regard. So it's like, even though we don't see a lot of her, you can kind of like finally p- pick out, like, you're like, okay, she's she's small, but she was definitely positively written as a strong female character we just don't see a lot of her so that's like a very positive thing that came out of her character creation and and things like that but yeah I just I don't know it's it's funny like we talked about all the sad stuff and now I'm at the point that it's like you know what George is there's too much like fun and goofy in there and they would have so many happy memories that it's like I know that they would reach a point that their life would be so blissful it would be so much fun they would just be just like he would be pulling pranks all the time and she would pretend to be mad at the same time she's just like this is the reason I love you you know sort of thing and I feel like it would if anyone would be able to over time be able to re you know reconnect with that like whimsical you know side of things like George would get there especially I feel like once they had kids like I feel like that would be really impactful for him to be a parent and get back to like okay now I have to get on this child's level and I can remember the reasons why I'm into like even Weasley's Wizard Wizard Weezes it's like I own a joke shop like obviously I'm not a normal adult like I just like yeah I literally am making all these weird things mostly for kids you know what I mean so it's uh but yeah I just they they miss Fred, but they're really happy together. <laughs> I'm glad that that's where we're, we're leaving, leaving off, off today. <laughs> After everything, they are very happy together. <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs> wow. Wow. As always, it's like if you have you know, your thoughts and feelings on this ship, like definitely reach out to us on like Twitter and Tumblr and things like that. We love getting, you know, fic wrecks as well. And uh, it, it's it's always fun to see what you guys think because obviously we know what we think and we're just saying nonsense, but we want to know what you think too. So yeah. Yeah, and it will help us say more nonsense in the future if you have a good idea yeah. and you're like, I would like... Nathan and Megs to talk about 
this thing. Mm -hmm. One of the ways you can do that that's really cool that I love is if you reach out to us on our Telegram. Mm -hmm. Don't be scared of leaving voice notes if you think, I don't want them to use our voice. Just say, like, and we won't use your... Anything that you send us without permission, obviously. Although, we would love to feature your thoughts and ideas. Mm -hmm. So, if you're in the mood to send us a voice note, I I love corresponding that way because it's so much faster than typing anyway. You can type Um, us too. You can absolutely send us text messages. That's totally acceptable. You can come into the Discord. Like send us stuff in the Discord. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's a million myriad ways you can reach us Mm -hmm. on various handles and everything will be linked in the description. As always. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Do that good thing. But thank you (laughs) for sticking with us through this hot mess of an episode. (laughs) We... We have not been well, yes. but we are very we are pleased better now. to... I'm so... I feel at so last. much <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this has definitely helped. Yes. Uh, thank you for helping me grope my way back to normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, and we will see you next time. <laughs> bye! Oh, no, not the bye! <laughs> Well, bye is better than nothing. I don't just want to end on silence. I'm not, I can't just sit there and be like, The end. (laughs) (laughs) So now that you've finished enjoying that episode, I bet you're wondering what we're going to be talking about next time. Will it be a ship? Could it be a trope? What about a character-centric episode? Editing Megs, put the listeners out of their misery. Next time, we'll be focusing on... Nathan and I are going to be diving into our bestie TP, which is Flint Wood, Marcus Flint, and Oliver Wood. And we are so excited. So come back to enjoy that at your earliest possible convenience. But, you know, preferably sooner rather than later, because we do make it so you listen to it. And we hope you enjoy it. Remember your Gunkle Nathan's advice. Be kind to each other, manage your mischief, and we'll catch you in the next one soon. While you're waiting for the next episode, all the shipping fun can continue online. You can head over to all of our social media platforms, like Magical Ship Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and Care of Magical Shippers on Tumblr. You can get in touch with us by email at careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voice message with all of your ship and fic thoughts and feels, and have the chance to be featured on a future pod episode. We are also live on Patreon. Patrons have access to early episodes, bonus content, extended uncut episodes with all of our nonsense, ficlets written by me, exclusive merch, and a patron discord. Another easy way to show your love for the pod is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for listening.